Hello and welcome to another episode of the Revolutionary Podcast. This is Tito Sotolongo, your podcast pastor, as well as pastor at Tabernacle of Church. Now, my purpose is to help you find faith in Christ and follow through in your life. This past Sunday, I wrapped up a series called The Devil Wears, Unmasking Temptation, where we are exposing the lies of the enemy so that we can learn how to truly enjoy life. And this week, I talked about the trap of romantic relationships. Now, the reality is that we all long to be loved and romantic relationships are meant to give us a better picture of true love. It is not meant to replace it. So let's dive right in and let's get started. It gives us a picture of our relationship with God. See, and that's why marriage is such a big deal, especially when it comes to the Bible and God, why marriage between a man and a woman is so big deal, because it's a picture of us and God. It's a picture of us and God. I mean, think about it. Men and women, okay, they're the same in essence, but different in a lot of ways. Okay, right? Are we good on that? Can I just leave it there? All right. They're, they're the same in essence. They're the same in essence, both human beings, but they're different in a lot of ways. Well, that's us and God. We are the same in essence because we are made in the image of God, yet we're different in many ways. And so here's the union between two similar essence, different parts, and then same thing. So that romantic relationship is meant to be a picture of saying, hey, in the same way that you long to be loved by someone, it's because I made you to long to be loved by me ultimately, God. The love of God is what ultimately fulfills us. But here's what we do, because we all long to be loved, and I've done this plenty of times in the past. Here's what we do, because we all long to be loved. We're constantly looking for, right, who's, who's Mr. Right? Who's Miss Right? Or if you're desperate, yo, who's Miss, like, right now? right? Who's Mr. Right Now? That's some desperate folk, okay? That's some desperate folk. They ain't looking for Mr. Right. They're looking for Mr. Right Now, okay? I want somebody right now. And so, but why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we're all built that way, long to be loved, but so many of us, and I've done this, that we take the gift of romantic relationships to lead us and inspire us to be loved by God, but instead, we reject the love of God and settle for the love of people, which is good, but I'm sorry, not good enough. To reject, to settle for the love of people rather than the love of God, it's like me saying, look, you hungry? You hungry? Who hungry real quick? You hungry? All right, I got a gift card for you. I don't. I'm just fictitious, okay? It's just a story. All right? So if you hungry right now, I'll give you a gift card to a restaurant. Here you go. 40 bucks. Get what you want at whatever spot. And you're like, oh, thank you. And you take that gift card, and then you eat it. It's silly. But you eating a gift card... Rather than going to the restaurant to enjoy a meal that was purchased for you, is you choosing to settle for being loved by people rather than being loved by God. Do you see that? It's a gift, but you got to use it the right way. We all long to be loved, and we, will ne- and we will constantly be looking for that someone if we don't have the proper, if we aren't able to unmask the lie. And here's really the lie. You ready? Because we're going to dive into God's word here. Here's the lie. That the fantasy of your one true love will disappoint you. Your fantasy of one true love. Like if you feel like what I need in my life is that one true love, is this relationship. If I need it, I'm telling you now, if you think like that, you're going to be disappointed. And there's a lot of people who are married here. Now, maybe hopefully they're not here, but if so, hopefully by the end you ain't. There's a lot of people who are married who are disappointed. 
because they had an image of what their relationship was going to be. They had an image of what marriage was going to be. They had an idea of what it was going to be, and it wasn't. And a lot of people feel stuck, and a lot of people feel unfulfilled and disappointed. And guys, what I don't want for marriages, if that's you here today, I don't want you leaving here like that anymore. And for everybody else who's not, I don't want you entering into a relationship like that. Because who wants that? No one signs up for that. So we're going to dive in and see how can we fill that void inside. Well, we're going to look at how to fill that void inside by looking at a guy named Jacob on how God did that in his life. So we're going to look at a story, and uh, right before we dive in, in Genesis 29, Jacob, he's the grandson of Abraham. So we got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is the one that eventually becomes the name, his name changes to Israel. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he, the 12 sons of Jacob become the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the beginning of the, he is the, one of the founding fathers, literally, of the nation of Israel. But right at the beginning, Jacob was empty inside. Jacob longed to be loved, and no one, no love could fulfill it. And there was some who wouldn't give it to him. In fact, Jacob, I know some of y'all probably can relate to this. Jacob had a dad who didn't love him. Jacob had a dad who favored his older brother versus him constantly. And here, here Jacob constantly was feeling disappointed, let down, because I didn't get that love from my dad. I saw him give it to other people. I saw it to give it to my brother. He never loved me. The only person that he ever loved was his, that, that loved him was his mom. But Jacob, because he was so desperate to be loved, he lied. He pretended his father was blind. He pretended to be his older brother, snuck in, stole the blessing that belonged to his older brother, stole it. And then his brother was so fuming, he wanted to kill him. I'm pretty sure you've never had a conversation. You've never done anything where you're, you've had a sibling tell you, I'm going to kill you. Okay, right? If you, if you got brothers and sisters, you know that. You've said that at least 20 times, okay? And so at least in life. So he now has to run for his life. So here he is, out in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, empty. His father, never loved by his father. His, he never had love from his older brother, right? The only person who ever loved him was his mom, and he's never going to see her again. And here in the middle of nowhere, he has a vision of God, and God opens up his eyes. And this is where this Jacob's ladder kind of thing, some of y'all might be familiar. He sees heaven open and a ladder and angels going up and down. And he says, oh, my gosh, this place must be the gateway of heaven. He thought he was just, he just happened to take a nap on like a portal, you know, in some interesting scenario. He's like, oh, my gosh, God is real. The God, this is the first time the God of his fathers appeared to him. He was like, wow, my God is real. And he says, God, hey, if you come through in my life, if you can do this, 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 this for me, I'll follow you, okay? And he has this encounter with God. But the problem was that Jacob never allowed God to fill his void. Do you know how I know that? Next chapter, he, he, he's introduced to Rachel his, which, and Laban. Laban is the father of Rachel, and he sees this girl, love at first sight kind of a scenario. And he's like, whoo, that girl right there. And so I'm pretty, you know, so he wanted to be with her. He wanted to marry her. And here's then the problem. This is where Jacob gets let down. Let's look at Genesis chapter 30. And we're going to look here. I'm going to read the whole story straight through. All right, so Jonathan, follow along. We're going to plow through this. We're going to look at, uh, I'm sorry, verse 29, chapter 29, and we're going to start at verse 16. Do we got that? Yeah. All right, let's follow the whole story here. Ready? Now Laban had two daughters. The oldest, the older was named Leah, and the younger was named Rachel. Leah, okay, you got to remember this for later. Say tender eyes. 
I got to come back to that. Leah had tender eyes, but Rachel was, say with me, shapely and beautiful. We'll come back to that later. Jacob loved Rachel. So he answered Laban, I will work for you seven years for your younger daughter. I will work seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban then replied, well, better that I give her to you than to some other man, so stay with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Everybody? Oh. All right, uh, he keeps on going, and he says here, because his love for her, where was it? Okay, verse 21. Thank you, love. I love you. Oh, okay. All right. Keep on going. Then Jacob says to Laban, since my time, this is, by the way, seven years has gone by. Since my time is complete, give me my wife so that I can sleep with her. Yeah, come back to that later. Laban then invited all of the men of the place, sponsored a feast, and then that evening... Laban took his daughter Leah, and he gave her to Jacob, and he slept with her. And Laban gave his slave Zilpah to his daughter Leah for her slave. When morning came, there was Leah. So he said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? Why have you deceived me? Laban answered, it is not the, it is not the custom in this place to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete this, for the, this week of wedding celebration, and we will also give you this younger one in return for working yet another seven years for me. And Jacob di did just that. He finished the week of celebration. Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife, and Laban gave his slave Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her slave. Jacob then slept with Rachel also, and indeed, he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. So here's a couple of things. Let's look at Jacob really quick on this story. You ready? So with Jacob, here's the one thing with Jacob that the, the lie that he fell for, that I need someone special to be special. I need someone special. I need a special person to have purpose. I need a special person to be special. Because again, where was he? He was a no one. He was a nothing all alone. And so he, because he saw this girl, he was like, oh, my gosh, I want, I'm gonna, I want to work for her for seven years. And let me tell you, that, that offer was an exaggeration because back then you would have to have a dowry. So if you wanted to marry somebody, you had to fork up. Like, this isn't the dad paying for the wedding. You know, this isn't dad paying for the wedding. No, no, no. This is, you want my daughter? All right, the price is. I mean, it was kind of involved because you were, not like it was a slave thing, because you're losing an employee to, in essence. You had to compensate the father for the loss. And so some of y'all with daughters, I'm, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mind getting a check, right? When you was like, hey, here's my daughter. Where's my money? All right. And so that'd be nice. <laughs> Anyways, that'd be an interesting thing. But yeah, um, that ain't gonna fly in 2020. No way. Anyways, but whatever. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying. So Jacob was broke, but he wanted to marry her. So he was like, look, I got no money for you. Let me work for her. And guys, I want to tell you that the going dowry, the, the money that you would offer, it, he didn't have to work seven years. He threw that number out there. He maybe could have worked thir three years for the, I mean, he doubled it up for whatever reason. He made a stupid deal. But he made a stupid deal because apparently this girl was stupid fine. Okay? I mean, she was stupid fine. He made a stupid deal. Look, the Bible wasn't playing. When it said, look, Rachel was shapely and beautiful, can y'all, y'all don't need to use your imagination. I mean, it was just there. 
All right, she was that girl who had it all, okay? Pretty face and everything else in between, head to toe, okay? You got it? One of those, one of those. She had it all. And he was so like, whoa, uh, if I had her, there's, I've never seen anyone as beautiful as she. Like, if I've never seen anyone like that, no one, I mean, this, she is like a unicorn. Like, oh, no one's seen one, right? Oh, my gosh. And Jacob, in his mind, he thought, she is so special. If I could have her, I would be special. If I could have her, I would be someone. You guys catch that? That's why he was willing to work just throughout that number, seven years. You know, he was trying to, he's not negotiating. He's trying to, like, put the highest bid that ain't nobody. I was like, yo, I ain't going to pay that price. I don't care. That's what he was. He was, he was so, he saw that. I was like, man, if I had her, I would be someone. I would be special. And he gets roped into a really, really bad deal. I don't know if you even caught Laban's words. When Jacob said, hey, uh, I'll work for you seven years. Deal? He didn't even say deal. He just said, it would be a good idea if she was yours. Why don't you hang around for a little bit longer? He didn't say, yes, at seven years, you're, the deal is for Rachel. That's why he played that game with Leah later. Because th they never shook. They never agreed on Rachel. It's like, hey, it would be a good idea if she was with you. Deceived. Deceived. He made a stupid deal because apparently this girl was at, you know, stupid fine, but still. The problem was is that you saw he, he went to bed that night thinking it was Rachel. Now, pause. I know somebody had to bother you on that. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. How did he not know it was not? Okay. First off, these wedding celebrations back in the day, this is not a Christian thing, so I'm not condoning this, but it was a week-long celebration of just eating and drinking. Okay. It's just what it was. And so Jacob more than likely was probably plastered. Okay. He was faced probably more than likely he had one or two. But the thing is though, is that the wives, when you were given in marriage, the wife had to wear a veil all the way, like not just how we see, you know, it's kind of see-through. No, no, it was covered, covered veil. Like maybe just the eye sockets and that was it. That's all you saw. All you can see is the eyes. Um, and even maybe that because I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So he didn't, he didn't know. He couldn't see. She had to wear the veil the whole time. But what did that verse say? In the morning, there was Leah. He thought he was going to bed with Rachel, but only in the morning he was disappointed. It was Leah. And I love this quote from Tim Keller. I, I got I to gotta read. Gotta read this. This is just too good. Listen to what Tim Keller describes Jacob's emptiness. Y'all need to lean in and listen to this one real quick. Ready? The emptiness of Jacob. If you getting married as Jacob did, put, you know, I'm sorry. If you get married as Jacob did, putting, all, putting the weight of all of your deepest hopes and longings on the person you are marrying, you are going to crush him or her with your expectations. It will distort your life and your spouse's life in a hundred ways. No person, not even the best one, not even the best one can give you what your soul truly needs. You are going to think you have gone to bed with Rachel and you will get up and it will always be Leah. It's huge. So some of you, again, look, if you're married here, if you're married here, understand we've all done this if you're not paying attention. We will all naturally do this. You, if you have certain levels of expectations that you put on your spouse and they don't meet up to that expectations, they're going to disappoint you. And then a lot of your issues and a lot of your problems, marriage problems, were not really it's the other person because, look, no one's perfect. It's because your expectations for the person were too high. You wanted that person to be everything that you needed for you, and they failed, and you blame them. 
when it was your expectations that is crushing your marriage. Y'all follow? And same thing, guys. Look, some of y'all try to get in relationships. That's why I, I really see it. That's why somebody, you know, they start dating and then it gets bored and they move on. Why? Because you had expectations and this person fell short. It wasn't what you thought it was. You went to bed. You went thinking you had a Rachel, thinking you had what you needed, only to wake up the next day disappointed and it was Leah. Or I'm going to just kind of use that name differently. It was a lie. You thought, this is what I need. I need someone special in my life. And you have it only to wake up soon enough, at some point wake up and realize it was always a lie. It was always a lie. And so, guys, you got to be careful with Jacob because Jacob thought, I need someone special to be special. But here's the thing. When you think like that, that person will always disappoint you. That person will always disappoint you. And you're going to blame them. When in reality, you got to probably own up because it's you. It's your expectations. Now, that's Jacob. What about Leah? Remember how we said uh, Leah, well, here's the thing about Leah. Leah had to live in the shadow of her younger sister. I'm pretty sure we got siblings in the house. You know, it gets, you know, very competitive, right, when one sibling can do something better than you, right, or one sibling gets more attention, one sibling gets more love, right, right? That's just what it is. But here's the thing with Leah. Leah. If Jacob believed the lie that I need someone special to have purpose, I need someone special to be special, Leah believed this lie. I need to be someone else to be someone. That's Leah. I need to be someone else to be someone. Again, she lived in the shadow of her sister. We describe, how did the Bible describe Le- uh, Rachel? Shapely and beautiful. And how did it describe, who remembers? How did it, the Bible describe Leah? Tender eyes. Now, this one is debatable. This was debatable on what it could be. But the, the reality of when you see it back to back, look, she got tender eyes. This other one, shapely and beautiful. You can already tell that when God was making the two of them, you know, one, one got kind of hit with the ugly stick. Okay? All right? I'm just saying. That's just what it was. <laughs> That's just what it was. She got all of it. And I guess it just skipped Leah. Okay? She was the oldest. It just skipped her. Rachel got it all. Okay? Literally had it all. Not one flaw on her. Ridiculous. Unfair for some. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I hate those people. Right? I know. I know. But anyways, this is real. Leah had to live in the shadow of her older sister, of your younger sister her entire life. And here's the thing. I guarantee you everybody wanted Rachel. You know who didn't, you know what everybody didn't want? No one wanted Leah. No one wanted Leah. She was seeing her get all the attention. And Leah's sitting there like, what's wrong with me? And the whole tender eyes thing, it could be a couple of things. It could be a positive, like, look, she kind of got cute eyes, maybe. You know, you know sure, her eyebrows are on fleek, that's about it. It could be that, no, but, uh, but you know what, honestly, what most consider tender eyes to be? Tender eyes just mean that kind of she was missing something. It was more of a negative comment. Tender eyes just mean, like, look, she wasn't that good to look at, you know? Or even tender eyes, some, some versions say she was, she was probably cross-eyed, you know? It's like... Or her eyes like went and bulging out or something like that. It was like, ugh. like when you looked at Leia, it was like, yikes. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that was Leia. That's Leia. And could you imagine you being that? And you can't fix that. You can't fix that. And here's Rachel. She just woke up. Beautiful. I woke up like, you know. You know how unfair she must have felt? And so here, I'm pretty sure she was an accomplice with her father Laban's trick. It's like, hey, Leia. By the way, Laban probably saw this coming. It was like, ooh, okay. And when he didn't agree with Rachel, in his whole mind, I was like, yo, I'm going to play off Leah. Because, look, ain't no one want this girl. 
how am I going to unload this girl and get her off of this? You know, I, no one's going to want her. So how am I going to just get rid of her and still get something out of this? Laban was, was a messed up daddy. And so here Laban is looking and says, I'm pre-, and then I guarantee you Le- uh, Leah had to go along with it, right? Do you think Leah would be like, look, babe, look, you know I love you, right? Wait, no, no, put that veil back on. I don't want to see you. Hold on. Say, <laughs> like, babe, you know I love you, right? Right? Look, let's be honest. Be honest. This is your only shot at having a husband. Look, just put the thing. No, just keep it on. Hold on. Just keep it on. Okay. You pretend to be your sister tonight. And when she, and thing is, when he's with you, that's it. That's your husband. You know, you, you're getting old, right? You're getting old. But this is your last and only shot. You know, she had to have been like, you know what, daddy, you're right. Ain't no one going to want me. This is my only shot of having, being married. My only shot of having a family, having a husband. It's like, okay, I will pretend to be my sister so I can be married. Guys, the lie of let me be somebody else so I can be someone. Y'all hear that lie? That's a lie. That's a lie. Because in the same way Jacob was like, look, I need someone special to be special. You think like that, they're going to disappoint you. But if you try to be someone else to be someone, you are going to continually disappoint other people. You are going to disappoint them because they're going to think, oh, this is you. And when, it come, when they realize, oh, it was Leah, you are constantly going to disappoint someone else because you are trying to be someone else and you can't. Look, is there a reason why a, give me a brand purse that's expensive. Gucci bags? Okay. Is there a reason, is, is there a legit reason why an, a Gucci bag costs something and a knockoff Gucci bag costs far less? Is there a reason why? Why is it, right? It's fake. What, the real one has value. The fake one, can the fake one ever be on par with the real? It's not going to be, because it's, it's fake. It's pretend. It's trying to be something that it's not. And here's the thing. If you try to be someone else that you are not, that God didn't make you like that, and you try to be someone else because, look, that's what all the girls are, they're going after guys like that, so I guess I need to be a guy like that. Look, you know, all all, all the girls are, you know, all the fellas are going after those kind of girls. And so I guess I need to be a girl like that. You hear me? They're getting all the attention. So how can I just be them instead of you be you? And the thing is, when you do that, you might trick somebody, but you're going to lose yourself. You will lose yourself. Look, I I remember that. I tried to catch up and be like everybody else. I even forgot who I was. I didn't even know who I was because I was so busy being like everybody else. I didn't even know who I was. It took time to relearn that, to discover that. And so, guys, don't be like Leah in that. Said, so don't be like Jacob. Don't be like Leah. And buy for that lie that said, well, th- I need to, to, have my, to make my husband happy. I need, to, I need to beat this or do that or, you know, vice versa. Like, you're trying to earn it. It's never going to be enough because in the morning, you will always be Leah. It will be a lie. Y'all catch me? You're just, you are getting to disappoint someone else. And then right and last one we have is Rachel. Think of Rachel. Now, her, she kind of seems like, you know, what, what could Rachel have Going wrong. She kind of, you know, ugh, this girl, right? She, she that girl. that, that all late. Ladies, you know, you just got those, those girls you just hate just because you just hate them, right? Whatever. Right? It's like, oh, that girl. What does Rachel have, right? She got it all, right? Nope. You know, Rachel fell for a, a lie, too. Rachel fell for the lie of saying, I need to have what others have to be happy. I need to have what others have to be happy. You saw, hey, they got married. Rachel, Rachel got all the love, right? Oh, man, I, I can't pass that off. Be careful, because this is where you need God, because you will be the thing that you despise. Jacob 
hated the fact that his father favored and did not share equally the love of him and his older brother. And here comes Jacob. He became his own father. He had two wives and did not love them equally. Had, he played favoritisms. Now, the Bible does not condone. I mean, it's not saying, hey, yeah, it's good to have more wives. One and done. That's all you need. Okay, that's it. But do you see, like, Jacob became the very thing he despised. You know, he became the same thing he despised. And so Rachel, oh, was like, well, what is Rachel complaining? She got the love of her husband, right? She got the looks. She got her, I mean, Jacob at this point was making bank. All right, so he got money. What could she be complaining about? And well, here's the thing. Leah was popping babies, okay, like nobody's business. Pop, pop, pop out there. And the Bible says, and I love it. It's a phrase that says, God saw that Leah was unloved, so he allowed her to have babies. That's God looking out, man. That's awesome. But see, Rachel couldn't have any babies. And she had it all. Had the looks, had the money, had the husband, had the life. She had the life. Yet she was miserable because she couldn't have what her sister had, and that was kids. And there's a lot of people who think, it's like, oh, to be a woman, I need to be a mom. Or to, to, I, and to be a man, I need to this. Y- y- y'all see that? Like, to be happy, I need to have what others have. I need to have what others have. I need to have as many likes on my Insta as so-and-so. I need to have as many followers, subscribers as so-and-so. Like, that's constantly that. It's like, I need to have what others have to be happy. But Rachel was unhappy. They fought. You see it in the word later on, keep reading. Rachel and her husband, they were fighting, constantly fuming. She was not happy with all that she had. She had so much, and she couldn't be happy. It's like us when we go into our closet. You ever go into a full closet and just scream out loud? I got nothing to wear. <laughs> right? Right? You've done that? You just look into a closet, and it's full of clothes, and you say that statement. I got nothing to wear. I'm pretty sure there's some kids over in Africa who'll be like, really? I mean, you know, like, nothing. You want to see nothing? You know, I was like, right? And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, in our heads, like, we have so much, yet we think, I have nothing. You, You see that? I have it all, but I have nothing. That was Rachel, man. She had it all, but because she didn't have this one thing, I have nothing. And she was unhappy. This is a family, man. This is a crazy family. Now, pause before I forget this. I know some of y'all will be like, oh, oh, remember we said a minute ago, it was like, hey, how can I find that one true love? Or what if I messed it up? Like, what if I messed it up? What if I did something in my past that now when I meet my one true love, then we're like, oh, wait a minute, that's, you did what? Okay, forget it. You know, that could be a, a thing. Or what if I just, I wasn't paying attention? What if I had, what if I had it and I ruined it? That's a lot of people stressed like that. Here's something amazing about even these people. Guys, do you, first off, you're seeing all these people, everybody's making mistakes, right? You all follow me here? Everybody's making mistakes. And what's amazing is that despite everybody making mistakes, God's grace is all over the circumstances. Every time somebody's messing up, out of the love of God, he is making things work out. Because first off, they had no clue. They didn't understand any better. They didn't know any better. They were just doing things. They were, they were hurt people. And so that's something good for you. Like, look, there's no plan B. There's just plan A. Like, that's the goodness of God that you can literally have done messed up, have a detour, and God have the quickest route back here if you follow him. And so don't sweat about that. Don't sweat about, oh, what if it's too late for me? What if I messed it all up? Is it too late for my marriage? No, it is not. Because you are dealing with a God who is so good, so good, because out of his goodness, he can literally just Make it work, okay? Literally, just like that. You give him whatever, make it work. Like that. Impossible, make it work. Waymaker, that's what we were singing about. That's what he does. He makes a way where there is no way. 
Every single time. So don't sweat on that. Because here these guys are making mistake after mistake after mistake. And yet God is working it out for their favor. But here's where things made a turn for the better. Leah, she kind of getting all the rap on the bad nonsense on the story. But do you know that Leah was the first one to get it? Leah was the first one to understand and to get to meet God and for God to do something in his life. And I'll prove it to you. Let me show you. Let's look at Genesis. Uh, back. We're going to continue the story. Look at Genesis 31. Uh, I'm sorry, 29 verse 31. Look at here. When the Lord saw Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was, there we go, unable to conceive. Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has seen my afflictions. Look how sad this statement is. Surely my husband will love me now. Next, 33. She conceived again and gave birth to a son. And the Lord heard that I am unloved and has given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. Simeon actually comes on the word to see. And so she's like, hopefully I won't be as invisible to my husband anymore. I've given him two boys. She conceives again, gave birth to a son, and then said, at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So hopefully now I will have his heart. Three boys in. You know what? Leah was, I know Jacob wanted Rachel, but Tim Keller says Leah was actually Jacob's soulmate. Both of them so long to be loved. And then because of their expectations, constantly being let down, disappointed, Rachel was, I'm sorry, Leah was Jacob's soulmate. They were the same. Deceiving someone to get a blessing, that's both of them. But notice something happened now with the fourth boy. Let's look at the verse. And then she conceived again, gave birth to a son, and says, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Leah stopped having children. Something happened by, verse, by, chap, by baby number four. So it took her time, okay? Because y'all know the math. Y'all could do the math on how long that takes. And that's if they were just pop, 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 one after another. Who knows if there was time in between? Listen, when it came to baby number four, something clicked inside of Leah and says, you know what? Back in the day, back then, back in the past, I made, I'd made mistakes. I thought this is what I needed to be happy. I thought this is what I needed to be happy. Last time I got it wrong. Last time I got it wrong. This time, I'm going to praise my God because I know I am loved by him. This time will be different. This time will be different. I'm not going to notice all those other babies or hopefully he can, hopefully my husband will love me now. Hopefully my husband will love me now. Hopefully I can earn that love. Hopefully I can find fulfillment. She says, nah, this time I'm just going to praise God. That's it. Because, and that's the first time we, she, and she's a non-foreigner. She, she's not an Israeli. That ain't even around yet. That phrase was huge because she had an encounter with God and she realized God is all I need. I don't need to have babies to be defined as a mom or a mother, you know, to be a woman. I don't need this or that. I just need him. This time will be different. Now, she wasn't perfect, though. She kind of still competed a little bit. She stopped having babies. Well, she had one more later, but whatever. But, but something happened. Something in her, in her mind clicked. And then look how God, beautiful God is. God gave the one who no one wanted, Judah. I mean, sorry, uh, she gave Leah. No one wanted Judah. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting this wrong. God went to the one no one wanted, which was Leah. Her son Judah was where the tribe of Jesus comes from. Jesus is Leah's great, 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 great grandson. She says, Leah, no one wants you. I'm a, I choose you to be the mother of my son. Look how cool that is. That's God right there, man. That's so God. But and so J Leah was the first one to get it. Now, remember Jacob. It's been 20 years since Jacob met God and encountered God, but God never filled his void until a little bit after this. They're heading home. 20 years since he deceived his brother Esau. And Jacob has to go back 
He's going home, and he's afraid. He finds out that Esau is coming at him with an army of 400 men. Jacob's panicked. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's afraid he's going to die. So he comes up with a plan. He divvies up all the family. Look, I'm going to go first. If something happens to me, y'all just take off. And so, you know, you, Leah, you with the kids that way. You know, you guys, with the, you know, you guys that way. And so that's what he did. And the night before he met uh, Esau, Bible says that an angel came down. It was God himself, and he started wrestling with Jacob. And they're fighting. I mean, just going at it. And he's trying to there, and they're wrestling and going back and forth. And J- Jacob don't know what's going down. He, uh, maybe he knew. At, maybe he thought it was Esau at first. Who knows? Because he's getting jumped by his brother. But he's just fighting for his life. But then he realizes there's something special about this person. There's something special here. And he's fighting and fighting and struggling. And because, I mean, literally this person, he realized when he could not win him over, meaning and there was something he was trying to do, he wouldn't let go. He says he touched his hip socket. Just touched his hip socket. Hip popped out. All right? Just Oh, gone. Hip out of socket now. So now at this point, and he's still fighting. He's still going at it, holding on with one, one leg. He's just struggling. And he was like, what do you want? He's like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. See, at this point, he realized, man, look, I am no good because if Esau tried to come after me, I can't even run. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm Dunsky's here. Like I need, and he realized there was something special about this man. I'm like saying, please, but I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And then he goes, what's your name? He says, Jacob. And Jacob means deceiver, liar. That was his name. He was like, what's your name? I'm a liar. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a trickster. That's who I am. He's like, not anymore. Your name will be Israel now. And that's where that name comes in. He's like, your Israel means that you've struggled with God and you've won. You've overcome. You are blessed. You are a son of, of God now. <laughs> Remember, Israel, Israel can mean prince of God, and he was a nobody. Jacob was a no one, trying to earn money to be special, trying to have kids to be special, trying to have that special girl to be special. And here, he actually was wrestling with God and realized, no, see, you, you're, de- you're, you're not going to be defined by your past. You're, I define you. You are a son of God. You are a prince of God. And when the name changes in the Bible, it's because the nature changed. Every time you see the Bible, when a name changes, the nature changed. See, and they were there, and he was wrestling him. And why was God trying to fight? Bro, it was like, yo, God, are you, you know, God got to come up on me in the middle of the night like that? They're like, what is this? Listen, no, okay? But here's the thing. God was trying to wrestle. Yes, he was wrestling Jacob, but God was trying to wrestle something out of Jacob. He was wrestling something out of him. He was trying to wrestle all those idols that, oh, what I need is this to be special. What I need is this to be loved. He was trying to wrestle all of the lies out of Jacob's life until he was done, had nothing else, and that's when he realized I just need you. Later on, he meets Esau, and he was so happy to see that they, they didn't fight. They didn't kill him. They, they, they made up, and, and Esau, he told him, hey, I'll, I'll give you all of this. He's like, no, no, no. Listen to Jacob's phrase. He says, I don't need all of this. Thank you, though. In God, I have all that I need. In God, I have all I need. I don't need to prove. I don't need anyone to prove. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. My God proved himself to me. And so, guys, I'm telling you, the, the, the fantasy of your one true love or, or, look, I'm going to put it something else. Your dream job, your dream girl, your dream career, all of that will be a nightmare. It will be a nightmare. It will disappoint you. If that, you put all your hopes and dreams on that, you will be crushed by that. And here's the thing. You, okay, the fantasy of the one true love will never be enough until you encounter the love of the one true God. That's what you need. So let me give you an application statement here. Ready? It's this. Lean on the love of Jesus because you got a limp. Lean on the love of Jesus because you got a limp. I'm going to read one more verse for you. You don't have to uh, put it up. Let me read one more verse for you here. Hebrews 11:21. 21. 
This is in the New Testament. The author, looking back at Jacob and retelling a story that happened when Jacob was a whole lot older. Look at 1121. I'm going to read it out loud. Ready? By faith. No, I'm saying. Was it 1121? I can't forget. Oh, yeah. Um, there it is. Uh, yeah. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of his, the sons of Joseph. Listen to this. He worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. He worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. Jacob had a limp the rest of his life ever since he met God. He was never the same after he met God. And that's a reality for all of us. When you meet God, you are never the same again. And he realized, and that limp was a constant reminder of his encounter with God, but the fact that he had to have a walking stick, he had to lean on a walking stick just to go anywhere, was a reminder that, bro, no, just lean on me, man. He had to learn to lean on the Lord in all that he did. And that's why Jacob realized that, no, I am strong when I am weak in the Lord. He is my strength when I am weak. So I want to encourage you guys on that statement. Lean on the Lord. Lean on his love because you got a limp. You got a limp. You are not perfect. If we are sinners, we are sinners, you need a savior. Have you ever heard the complaint, oh, Christians and religion? Religion is just a crutch. It is. Religion is a crutch. Yes. Not because I'm weak-minded. It's not because I'm not using reason. No, it's because I realize I am not enough, and I need to lean on my God for the rest. It is not a crutch. It is not a crutch. It is not a crutch to lean on him. Because when we lean on the Lord, now we have strength to take the next step and the next step. And listen, and I want to challenge you. That's what you need to do. Don't look for one true love. Lean on the one true love. Lean on that. Let him feel that. Lean into it more. Learn more about that love for God. The more you lean on that love, the more you learn. The more you learn, the more you will be led by the Lord. The more he will guide you on here and there and make things. But you, this, is, this is the posture that you need, guys. This is worship. We've been talking a lot about worship today. You know what? This is worship. To trust, I trust you. Look, if, if this thing, you, you kick this out right now under me, I'm done. Okay, I'm going to fall down. Right? Yes or no? All my weight is on this right now. All my weight. All my weight. If you kick this out from under me, I'm going to fall. But don't get any bread ideas. All right, but here, so the thing is, guys, is look, this is what trust is. This is what love looks like. This is what faith looks like. God, I'm going to lean on you to be enough for me. You are enough for me. And when you learn to lean on the Lord, now others can lean on you. Catch me, guys. Look, you want to be a better husband today? Lean on the Lord. Now your wife can lean on you better because you don't have to hold her up. God's holding you up, and through you, you're holding her up. You want to be a better parent? Lean on the Lord. And when your kids lean on you, right, you see that's what happens. You want to be a better friend? You want to be a better anything? You want to have better relationships? Lean into your relationship with Jesus. Lean into that, and he will make up the difference. It's okay. You got to recognize you got that limp. You got a limp. You're not perfect. It's okay. That's why God invites you just to lean in. Lean in a little bit more. Guys, and when we do that, look, and, and when, you, when you lean in on that, you are, not, you are choosing not to buy the lie that, oh, I need to search for one true love. No. You will realize that one true love came searching for me. One true love searches has been searching for me. And now you can say like Leah. It's like, look, maybe back then, last time, I put my faith in that other person. Last time, I put my faith in that job and that promotion. Last time, I did this. Last time, I thought I needed someone special to be special. Last time, I thought I needed to be somebody to be somebody. Last time, I thought I needed to have what others had to be happy. But this time, I'm going to lean on God. 
This time, I'm going to praise him. This time, I'm going to enjoy all that I have in him. You can say that. You say, this time, I'm not going to work to be loved anymore because love found me. Love found me. Speaking of disappointment, I pray you weren't disappointed in what God had to say today. Learn to lean on the love of the Lord this week. Pray that the Holy Spirit will help you see what Jacob saw, that in God, he had and you can have all that you need. Now, I pray you do so because if you don't, you're going to continue to crush others with your exaggerated expectations or you're going to let others down because you are not being true to yourself. But Andy Stanley likes to say, are you the person that you are looking for is looking for? I love that. Are you the person that you are looking for is looking for? If not, then work on your relationship with God and trust that God will work out your relationships. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check back next week. And remember, God will revolutionize your life the more you revolve your life around Christ. God bless y'all. See you next week.